Blog Talk Radio. Rhyme ruler, the mind of the master, the yeah. prime poet designed for disaster, a crime candidate, the light heavyweight, I yeah. might levitate right through the heaven's gate, rhymes record break, next bonds and vertebrae, simple yeah. and plain like Kanye, I heard him say, it's murder one when he murder tracks, I'm a dirt yeah. bag, flirting with songbirds and Birkin bags, my first rap, catch Roberta Flack, I'm a certified Mac, but I'm sure you ain't heard of that. Slim thugging them hoes, they been loving the flow. They been hunting for men like in vogue. And I, I'm in season to season vet. I don't need respect. All I need is to check. Mike, check. <laughs> for the 157th time, I am joining you on Blog Talk Radio. I started this podcast five years and a month ago. And this will be the last podcast on Blog Talk Radio for Grizzly Bear Blues Live. It has been one heck of a run. I have thoroughly enjoyed doing the podcast in this manner, recording it live, taking calls, being on Blog Talk Radio on these airways, and having you join me. But the time has come for change. And we've tried this before. For those of you that have been with the show for uh, the duration, uh, there was a period of time where we were actually a radio program in Memphis, Tennessee uh, at uh, Yahoo Sports 730. Uh, We were on the radio in Memphis for a few months. Chip Williams was the host. Shout out to Chip. Uh, There were multiple guest hosts and folks who have helped me along the way with the podcast. Multiple guests and multiple multitudes of folks who have helped me with this podcast as a guest, as a host, obviously the people behind the scenes who have helped upload audio, done radio uh, hits for recordings and, you know, Chase Lucas recording the greatest song in the history of mankind, Chandel uh, in the wind, which we will listen to, of course, before we say goodbye to blog talk radio. But I do want to explain because I took a little bit of a break, and I think that there was a concern from at least two or three of you, uh, maybe more, that this would be the end of an era in terms of me as a Grizzlies blogger. That's not the case. I took a few days away. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling refreshed. Sometimes you just need to take a breath, step back, realize why you're doing what you're doing, and not necessarily pay as much attention to the noise. You can get very wrapped up in this, and I think I was at that point where I needed to just take a step uh, back. And I did, and I felt better after that few days. And and I am committed to Grizzly Bear Blues and being the site manager of grizzlybearblues.com has been a terrific joy and opportunity for me. So I'm I'm gonna continue that work as long as Seth Pollock and SB Nation will have me, uh, at least as long as I can go here. So for the foreseeable future, you're still stuck with me. But Grizzly Bear Blues Live, this is the uh, the newsworthy portion, and I don't want to be the hold on to the end of the show and that sort of thing. We're going to get it off uh, on the table from the jump. Grizzly Bear Blues Live is officially joining the SB Nation Podcast Network, starting with our next episode. So this is the 157th episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. It's the 291st recording on Blog Talk Radio over the past five years, but it is the last one on Blog Talk Radio as we join the SB Nation network of podcasts. We're very excited about this venture. 
It's an awesome opportunity for us to further our reach. Uh, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, you're going to be able to listen to Grizzly Bear Blues Live through the power of SB Nation. And John has been tremendous for us. John Gerardo, or Gennaro, excuse me, the executive producer of Team Brand Podcasts over at SB Nation has been great through this process, talking through what it's going to look like. Because remember, I'm not your typical blogger, podcaster. This is kind of new for me, uh, doing this in a different way. And I'm looking forward to the change. It creates flexibility for me in terms of schedule. It allows for more opportunities for different types of guests, including folks within the Grizzlies organization. Uh, I've been in conversations with people in the past about possibly coming on. And then you tell them that you need to record at 8 o'clock Central Time when people are with their families and off the clock, and they're not necessarily as interested in doing that. So now uh, having the flexibility to record, no longer being a live podcast and being a true podcast that uploads to a network and a system and a channel, still will go out to iTunes. If you're subscribed to GBB Live on iTunes, anywhere you're subscribed to us, that subscription should carry over to when we start up the uh, Grizzly Bear Blues podcast channel and so you don't have to do anything you can still follow us that should just transfer over as we make the switch and i'm not going alone uh this is also an opportunity to announce that the core four podcast if you subscribe to that with parker fleming nate chester they've done a great job they're joining me because again this is a podcast network so the hope over at grizzly bear blues is that with gbb live being the first show and then the core four joining us eventually after that, we will continue to add podcasts so that every day in your newsfeed, you will get a GBB podcast of some shape or form. It may not be GBB live. It could be the core four. It could be any different type of podcast. It's an opportunity for us to expand our reach in this area. And I'm extremely excited about it. So you're not getting rid of me quite just yet, but it is the end of an era. This is the 157th episode of GBB live on blog talk radio. And it will also be the final episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live on Blog Talk Radio. And we're going to make it a good one. We have two guests that are going to be awesome to help us look ahead to what's to come for the Memphis Grizzlies. After the All-Star break, they've officially entered that part of their schedule. Jaron Jackson Jr. obviously participating in the Rising Stars Challenge on Friday night. Saturday night is the Taco Bell Skills Challenge, and Mike Conley's participating in that. So the Grizzlies have two representatives. We'll talk about conveying the pick, all those fun things with our two guests. Uh, Really excited about both of them. Jonathan Marshall of Fox 13 Memphis will join us first. And then Joel Stevens of Raptors HQ and Raptors Rapture uh, will join me in the second segment. So for one final time, we're going to double-size this thing, have two guests on an episode of GBB Live. Ways to get in touch with the show. You can follow us on Twitter at GBB Live. That will also not change with this switch as we go over to the SB Nation Network. You can follow me on Twitter, the site manager of grizzlybearblues.com, Joe Mullinax, at Joe Mullinax, M-U-L-L-I-N-A-X. And, of course, you can follow the site that I am very fortunate to be the site manager of, grizzlybearblues.com, at S-B-N Grizzlies. So, like I said, if, if we're leaving Blog Talk Radio, we're going to do it with a bang here, and I'm excited about our first guest. He is a really interesting uh, Twitter personality. He does sports and news work for Fox 13 Memphis. Uh, he describes himself on Twitter as a hoop head and uh, a voter for the Still in the League Hall of Fame, which is awesome. Uh, he's also becoming a meme, which I plan on talking to him in this segment about. 
lots of good takes on the Grizzlies, and I'm excited again for the first time, hopefully not the last, to have him on the show, Mr. Jonathan Marshall. Jonathan, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with this at this point. I know I've seen Sane giving you a hard time. You're becoming a meme in Memphis. Your, your visuals towards Chris Wallace are, are pretty heated. <laughs> It's crazy, man. I've only been in business for a few months, and I'm already, I'm already making waves, man. So uh, it, it was uh, it was sort of a spur of the moment thing. You know, I asked him a simple question about you know what the fans have to look forward to, and the words "exciting" uh, came out of his mouth, and uh, I didn't I didn't just I wasn't feeling excitement at that moment. I didn't I didn't sense excitement with what was going on with the franchise, and that was just my natural emotion. But I can't hide it. So, you, but I don't understand why you're not excited. I mean, they brought in Avery Bradley, man. They got Avery Bradley. They got C.J. Miles. This, this is something to be fired up about. We're, we're trying to convey the pick, man. You're not excited. Joe, you don't think that breeds energy in the fan base? You guys deserve better. Come on, Joe. Come on. <laughs> I mean, hey, watching watch, watch Avery, watching Avery go. Look, I thought I was watching Kobe for a minute in that game against San Antonio. I mean, he was, he was hitting that mid range. It was crazy. Uh, it was fun, but still, at a certain point, how, how, is that is that going to sustain itself? That's uh, that, that's my only thing. <laughs> it may not, you know, it may not, Jonathan. And I think you, you're on to something with the deserving better because <laughs> even if you are more positive about the trades that were made than others are, like I don't think they're the end of the world, especially the Gasol trade, uh, because of the fact he's a 33 year old, 34 year old, excuse me, big man who we need to remember was awful for two months of the season. Like literally a large part of the reason the Grizzly season is where it is, is his decline in terms of play. So the return that they got, is not necessarily the issue? It is the, the fact that it's come to this point or that it came to this point. And as the team moves on and as the fan base hopefully moves on because Mark's in Toronto now, and, and it's time to embrace the Grizzlies that are here, but you have to look at it and say, what might have been, right? And obviously that's kind of a futile exercise because hindsight's twenty twenty. But you think about all the failed first-round draft picks. You think about the Chandler Parsons signing, which I was in favor of, so I can't necessarily criticize it. But others were against the idea, so it's not like it was a unanimous decision to bring Chandler Parsons in. Multiple missteps by this front office have led them to the point where they have to trade away one of the franchise's icons just to get – a, a marginal good return to try to remain competitive, to convey a first round pick. And, and that's the goal. That is the stated goal for your organization is to convey a first round pick. It's not to make the playoffs. It's not to be a championship contender. It's to send a pick so that you don't have a selection in the 2019 NBA draft at that moment. If you convey that pick, that, that's not something to necessarily be proud of. But like you said, it, it was talking about being exciting and, and an exciting time there's nothing really to be too excited about unless you change your perspective, which in fairness to Grizzlies fans after the playoffs for seven straight years, they're probably struggling with that a little bit again, rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, this is, I feel like the Grizzlies are on the worst position you can be in the NBA. Sort of this, this purgatory lane um, where, like you said, you're not competing for a playoff spot. You're not competing uh, for a championship. You're competing just, you want to be just good enough, right. To, to, to convey that pick. And you have guys like Avery Bradley, DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who I was impressed with um, the other night against San Antonio. Um, but you have these pieces, um, but what's the long-term goal? You know, I know a lot of fans wanted to get some young prospects back, a, a first-rounder back. I think that's where some of the, the letdown came in when it came to 
the return? Um, what, what are we building towards? You have a guy in Jaron Jackson Jr. showing promise. Okay, who are we surrounding him with? Because we're not going to be a major player on the free agency market. So obviously we're going to have to develop some young pieces through the draft. Um, homegrown talent. Um, so I guess the exciting part, the way I'm looking at it, is you're going to see how a guy like Jaron Jackson, how he handles taking a more of a, a, a lead role um, on this team with, with Mark going. Obviously, uh, Jaron's going to be the future. They're going to center everything around him. So how is he going to handle uh, a bigger role? Um, more playing time for guys like Ivan Rabb, Javon Carter. Uh, and i tell you a guy who's actually intrigued me. I mean, he hasn't lit up the league, but uh, the kid Bruno. Um, I'm intrigued. I feel like they made a wise decision by signing him to that multi-year deal. And um, he's 23. Um, and if this kid was 18 with the, the tools that he possessed, um, he'd easily be a, you know, a high lottery pick for sure. Um, so he's in a weird space where he's only had about 40-some-odd basketball games in the NBA. Um, he's 23. So you want to see how he can develop at this point. But what he's possessed defensively, um, he's a little bit inconsistent. But what, what do you expect from a guy in his situation? But I think a guy like Bruno is, is, is worth watching, worth, worth keeping an eye on. So I guess the exciting part is seeing how these young guys take advantage of, of more playing time. A seven foot seven inch wingspan for Bruno. And, and that is something, you know, different from the Marshawn Brooks deal. It's essentially the same contract that they signed Marshawn Brooks to, but Marshawn Brooks is 30 years old. He was 29 years old when he signed the contract. He's pretty much an, an established commodity. Sure. He can score the basketball in quick spurts, but he can't defend. He's pretty limited in every other aspect of the game of basketball. Plus he was already at his peak or near his peak uh, as a player. Bruno is not near his prime. You know, in terms of the years that most people would associate with a prime, you know, 25 to 29 years old physically, he's a couple years away still from that, which is funny to say, uh, Mr. Two years away from being two years away. But he, this is the type of guy that they should be taking flyers on. He came in, he showed yeah. that he's capable of playing. I'm not sure he's a wing. I kind of like that they've played him at the four more, uh, not necessarily even as a stretch four, but just he's six foot nine. He has a seven foot seven wingspan. He has the capacity to be a solid rim protector. If he's used properly, which we'll talk about the coaching here in a moment, uh, a bit of a question mark. But if he's used the right way, I think that he can definitely show signs of growth. And that's what you want on a team that's eventually, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, uh, and obviously he'd have to earn another contract if it's in the 2020-2021. Um, but you, this is a guy that if you hit on him, he can help you in terms of building around Jaron Jackson Jr. in the future. Right. Uh, like, Ivan Rabb has impressed me with, with his minutes. Um, these aren't going to be stars for your team, but you to build that winning culture, to build that sort of championship caliber team, you're going to need these these type of players, these type of role players. Um, and I was thinking about this year's draft and, you know, people saying it's a weak draft. And I've been going back and forth about, you know, would I take that chance on landing? I feel like there's four guys who I like in this draft. I know everybody likes Zion, of course, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and John Morant. It would be, I'm kind of torn, Joe. Would I take that shot at the lottery to get one of those four guys? And I don't know yet. I'm not, I haven't come up with a solid choice either way um, because I feel like all four of those guys would be great um, for, the, for, for this situation in Memphis. Um, anything can happen in the lottery. You never know. Um, who knows what next year's class is going to look like. Um, so, I mean, the whole conveying the pick, obviously this is the best move for what the team is trying to do right now at this moment. 
But I'm still kind of torn. I feel like you may want to take that shot. I, I would, if if I was the GM right now, possibly, I would seriously consider taking that chance. But that's why Chris Wallace is doing what he does. I'm doing what I do. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. Um, but one situation in the league that I, I thought about recently, who I think Memphis should, could mirror, it's in the Eastern Conference, um, the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like what they've done a um, couple years is sort of what Memphis should copy as far as uh, – Finding gems, hitting gems. Spencer Dinwiddie was a G League guy. Uh, Joe Harris was a G League guy. Um, you have a guy like Shabazz Napier who's going to be a, a solid backup point guard. Um, you have guys who weren't highly touted besides D'Angelo Russell, um, who I think they have their own in Jaron Jackson Jr., but he, they've surrounded D'Angelo with guys who are unsung. And you got a coach in Kenny Atkinson who I think is a great talent developer. He's proven himself to be that. And he has those guys playing well. Do you have a Kenny Atkinson on your bench right now? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Um, but I feel like the Brooklyn Nets, what they've done without the ability to attract the free agents, they haven't had the lottery picks. I, think, I believe Boston has, Boston had their picks. Um, so, But they've done well with what they've had, and they've taken advantage of the G League, and they've developed their talent. So I think Memphis, they could try to mirror that, and that's what I'm looking at for them. Noted Chris Wallace whisperer, Jonathan Marshall, joins me on Grizzly Bear Blues Live right now. Uh, follow him on Twitter if you don't already do so, at jmarshallfox13. Again, he does sports and news for Fox 13 Memphis. Um, great opinions and, and uh, information here. I like the Nets comparison because if you want to talk about a team that really shot themselves in the foot, the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> gave up the farm for uh, a faded Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm and Mm -hmm. completely just obliterated their franchise because of that one trade. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I think that's actually a good comp, but it took multiple years for them to get back Mm -hmm. to the point that they're at now of just being a competitive franchise. And I think that's absolutely what Memphis is looking at. You mentioned Kenny Atkinson there, uh, obviously Mm -hmm. a a solid young coach, developer of talent. Do you think J.B. Bickerstaff is is that solid younger coach who's a developer of talent? Because right now when I watch J.B. Bickerstaff, and I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before or you followed us at at grizzlybearblues.com, I'm not a fan of J.B. Bickerstaff. It's not a personal thing. I I think he earned the opportunity to interview and be a part of the coaching process. I didn't like how he got the job. I didn't like how it was essentially handed to him because the players liked him, one of those players no longer being on the team. I didn't like how he continues to struggle with rotations. I don't like how he seems to have issues with second-half adjustments. You consistently see it's a running joke now. Here comes the third quarter, and 80% of the time, jokes become reality, and the Grizzlies fall apart in the second half because it looks like they're not capable of adjusting. So where are you at on J.B. Bickerstaff? I was never in on him uh, in terms of getting the job the way that he did, and I'm most certainly out, as a lot of other folks uh, in the blogosphere and Twitter sphere are. Uh, what What is your stance on JB? Yeah, um, you know, I wasn't here when you know the, the transition happened from Fizz to, to Bigger Staff, but I was just watching from afar. I was taken aback uh, that Fizz that Fizzdale was let go. Um, I thought when it came to you know rising coaches, I thought you guys had a promising a promising guy on the sideline. So I, that that took me by surprise. Didn't know much about JB. Um, and so far from what I've seen is sort of what you just mentioned and what a lot of fans and, and media members that have talked about. Um, it's just <laughs> the adjustments, the second half, that third quarter, it's the same story. You can almost predict it. Um, and my biggest, 
my biggest thing, especially early in the first half of the season, um, the usage of, of Jaron. Um, there were some moments where I'm like, why isn't Jaron, Jaron in the game? You know, a guy like 19-year-old kid, um, he needs to play, especially in a situation like this. Um, he needs to get this game experience. And it seems like he was against using him in certain periods, certain moments, and, and I just didn't agree with that. Um, so I feel like JB at this point, I don't think he's a long-term, long-term answer at the head coaching position. He just doesn't – there are certain guys you just watch on the sidelines and you just know that their team has an identity. Um, their team has a certain confidence about them. Um, Kenny Atkinson is one of them. When I watch the Nets, um, there are just certain guys throughout the league you can just pinpoint, even even if they're new to the game. And JB, even though he's still a young guy, you know, in the coaching ranks, I don't see – I don't see his mark. I don't. I don't know what this team. I never know what their identity is, to be honest with you. And it seems like sometimes he's just in over his head at, you know, on the sidelines. So, um, not not the biggest JB fan at all. And I do think again, I want to make clear. I think he earned the opportunity to interview. I, I do believe right that if you have the players, you know, they worked with him, they know him. I believe that he, going through that season the way that he did, had earned the opportunity to interview. But to not really interview anybody else, to, to not ha- make it an yeah. open process, uh, I highly doubt that the Grizzlies' job is that unapproachable that somebody who's been an assistant for 10 years in the NBA who really wants their lifelong dream is to be an NBA right. head coach or, or a Becky Hammond who I was crucified for at the time, even suggesting mm-hmm. just give me an interview to. Uh, she's under the yeah. Greg Popovich tree. She She's one of the bright young assistants. Who cares if she's a woman? Not me right. in terms of her ability to understand the game of basketball and teach it. And you hear players say that too. So again, it's not saying hire Becky Hammond or hire insert random name here. It's interview them, go through a process. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what you were talking about identity. And in fairness to JB, I don't think there's an organizational identity. You know, everybody tries to keep trotting out grit and grind. That was Tony Allen and Zach Randolph, especially Tony Allen. Neither of those dudes are in the building anymore. So it feels more like a promotional stunt at this stage than it does an actual philosophy. We're finishing up here with Jonathan Marshall of Fox 13 in Memphis. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at jmarshallfox13. Uh, Every time I do a podcast, and I'll continue to do this in the future, even though we're changing our structure and and where we head uh, for the show, over to the SB Nation network, uh, I ask a question of the day. So you vote in the poll question of the day, and you get an opportunity to have your opinion heard, in air quotes, on the show. Do you think the Grizzlies, which are going into tonight's games, they are currently sixth in the lottery standings, four games away in the loss column from ninth place. I think Orlando won tonight. Uh, so that's bad for the Grizzlies in terms of trying to convey. Uh do you think they will be in a position to convey and send their pick to Boston this season? The pick must be outside of the top eight of the lottery to convey. And obviously people can jump in front of them. There's some movement that can happen. You know, Chris Harrington of the daily Memphian has talked about, I maybe ideally the position to be in is eight, but it's almost likely right. that you bump back a spot because someone almost always jumps up and rarely goes chalk. But at the same time, right. it still gives you an outside shot of landing Zion or RJ Barrett or job right. Moran you know, one of those top three or four Cam Reddish, if you're a Cam Reddish guy, one of those top four players in the lottery, you know, it kind of falls off after that. Most people would agree. Um, The two options were, yes, it is likely to happen that it'll convey, and no, it is not likely that it'll happen. 
Maybe people are feeling especially negative after the Chicago loss, even though Mike Conley wasn't playing. Uh, but the leading vote-getter, and thanks to the over 130 folks that voted, no, not likely to happen. Grizzlies fans, at least the ones that participated in this poll, a majority of them think that the Grizzlies will not convey the pick this year. That was the unstated goal going into this season, which when I was doing the radio show rounds and writing season previews, and that was my goal for this team. It was never really to make the playoffs. The goal was to convey this first-round pick. That's always been my goal for them. It's the stated goal now of Chris Wallace in the wake of the trade deadline in that media scrum that you were a part of. Do you think they're going to convey this pick? Wow. Man, you said they're, they're currently six, correct? They are currently six. And, again, Orlando just won. Orlando's currently ninth, and they just won against the Charlotte Hornets. Wow. And has to fall out of top eight. Um, man, New Orleans is New Orleans is above above Memphis right now. I feel like New Orleans will fall off. I believe Washington is above them by a game, maybe. Uh, uh, man, I'm, I'm gonna go with. I think I think they'll find a way to convey. I think with I think I think Mike Conley there, Jaron will come through. You got Jonas. You got C.J. Miles. You got some guys. Avery Bradley. You, you got the right mix. You got just enough of veterans and, and some guys out there, I think, I think they'll find a way. I think. <laughs> I'm with you. That's, that's my stance yeah. as well. I'm looking at it saying, I think that they're going to convey the pick. I think they are going to be motivated. Whereas they're going to be playing multiple teams. You just mentioned new Orleans. Uh, I think on Twitter, I saw as we record this podcast live that Anthony Davis has been ruled out with a shoulder injury that he's had for multiple years that he's just kind of dealt with. Yeah. Uh, and, and now they're saying he's out. So it, maybe it's their convenient way of ending their time together, uh, a season-ending, in air quotes, injury, which, to be honest with you, <laughs> considering how things have fallen off, maybe it's not the worst way to do it. Um, right. But I, I do think you'll see New Orleans fall off. I think that Memphis is motivated to win. And I think it'll be Mike Conley's parting gift. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you do convey the pick and your ledger is clear and you have the 2020 first-round pick outright, you trade Mike Conley. Like Mike Conley will not right. be on this team. At least I don't think he shouldn't be on this team no. come opening night 2019 if they convey the pick. If they don't convey the pick and then it's top six protected in 2020, you might as well keep Conley. You try to be as competitive yeah. as possible. And you have Mike to mentor another young player if it's in the top eight of this lottery selection. And you go another year trying to convey the pick. And it'll just be an extension of what they're doing now. So that's kind of where I think they're at. So much of their future moving forward is dependent on the bouncing of ping pong balls. I'm not a fan of that, but, but it is our reality. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me on the show this week. I really appreciate it. You're a part of history here. The last uh, GBB hey. live podcast on blog talk radio. Uh, we're still sticking around, just moving to a different way of doing things. No longer doing a live show. So you're part of the last okay. live podcast. Uh, congratulations yeah. to you. I'm, I'm glad. Um, I'm, I'm glad to end things for you. I'm glad. Yeah, you're 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 a big part of that. I appreciate it. We <laughs> hope to have you on down the road. For sure. Take care, Joe. Absolutely. There he goes, Jonathan Marshall. He does sports and news for Fox 13 in Memphis. Great follow on Twitter at jmarshallfox13. Make sure you're doing so if you don't already. This is Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I'm your host, Joe Molinax. Again, this is the last episode of GBB Live before we go to the SB Nation Network. Excited about that opportunity, but no more live broadcasts on Blog Talk Radio. There'll be uploaded podcasts. 
there might be more than one GB live in a week. Uh, that'll be cool. There'll be different types of guests or different opportunities for guests. Obviously folks that have come on consistently will still be on the podcast, uh, but it'll be a different structure, a different way of doing it, a different way of recording. It's going to be good for us. It's going to be good for the blog. It's going to be good for me, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, so good all around excited about the future. And we'll talk more about that on Twitter, social media. There'll be a blog post about it, all that fun stuff in the coming days. But first for our final segment, the last segment of live GBB live podcast here on blog talk radio, I'm excited to welcome Mr. Joel Stevens, who does writing for Raptors HQ and Raptors Rapture, a big, um, uh, excuse me, a big Toronto Raptors fan. And uh, he is a self-admitted Mark Gasol guy, which hurts a little bit because I'm still getting over the fact that Gasol is gone. I know I should have moved on by now, but it, it, he, it's tough. You know, it's been a week or so. I got to move on at some point. Maybe the all-star break will help me. But anyway, thanks for uh, coming on with us, Joel. And I got to know, how are you enjoying the Marcus All experience? Because it got kind of twisted towards the end for us. But at the same time, you know, he's the most, you can argue maybe he's not the best player in Grizzlies history, but he's easily the most decorated. And you guys got him in Toronto without giving up a first round pick. You got to feel pretty good about that. Uh, we feel uh, pretty great about that. Let me just say thank you for having me on. Um, but honestly, yeah, the, to, to get Marcus All, uh, who last year would have probably gotten at least a first-round pick, uh, at least one first-round pick, I should say, uh, feels great not to give up uh, that first-round pick uh, that we actually conveyed to San Antonio this year. Uh, so it would have been a future. But either way, uh, not to give up OG, OG Ananobi, that's, uh, that's a great positive too. But uh, I just want to say, are you sure that you didn't get yourself a uh, eight years younger uh, Marcus Saul and JV last night. I see he put up uh, five assists at the career high for him. Oh, he did a great job. I'm telling you, he was impressive. And I think one of the great things about Valanciunas is his physicality. You know, I've talked about it on the blog and, uh, and at other spots on radio hits that I do. Uh, his physicality is just so different from Marcus Saul. You know, Mark obviously being an older player, Valanciunas' style is just different. Mark was never the big-bodied bruiser that Valanciunas is. His style fits with what Memphians see Grizzlies basketball as physical. He's obviously not Zach Randolph, but there's a physicality to his game that is reminiscent of Zach. He attacks the rim really well on the rim runs, and he's out of shape right now. It wasn't just his debut with the Grizzlies. It was his first game since December due to that thumb injury he had. So this is in you know, limited reps. This is not him at his peak. I think the Grizzlies fans were pleasantly surprised that, you know, I think Gasol's the better player, but Valanciunas isn't far behind. No, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. He hasn't played in over uh, two months or yeah, just about two months now. Um, and he hasn't practiced. He didn't get a practice in before the trade. So what you're seeing now is basically him just coming right off of uh, basic uh, conditioning. You know, he said he kept his legs fresh what he was able to do without using that uh, thumb there. Uh, but, yeah, that 23.10 uh, rebound outing he had in just 21 minutes, that's just a microcosm of what he was doing before he was injured um, and basically what he's been doing his entire career. Uh, you know, he's never averaged more than 27 uh, minutes a game. So he has a real opportunity, and, and those were in his uh, younger years, 
So there's a real opportunity to showcase, I think, in Memphis once he gets his legs under him, what he's able to do in big minutes. And that's uh, produced a lot of points, produced a lot of rebounds. And as you saw last night, uh, he's, he's able to pass out of the high post. He really is. Obviously, the Grizzlies have a little bit more control of the situation with him, even if he opts out of his player option on his contract, trying to take advantage of the multiple teams that have free agency cap space this summer. It's an interesting question in Memphis right now, Joel. Is there movement to keep him? Do we want him to opt in? Do we want him to opt out and sign a long-term deal? Because Valanchunas' strength right now is the opposite of Jaron Jackson Jr., who is the main cog of the future for the Grizzlies, a guy that's really being built around. Obviously, Valanchunas will be 27 going into next season. Doesn't fully fit the window of Jaron Jackson Jr., but at the same time, he's a rebounder. He's a bruiser. He has the physical ability to play in the post consistently. Jaron doesn't necessarily have that at this stage. Do you see value in Memphis keeping him around, or do you think Valanchunas plays for a different team and this is just a, a couple-month rental here? Well, it all hinges on whether he accepts that uh, player option he's got, right? Um, it's for 18.6 next year, 18.6 million. Um, and uh, I'll tell you a little anecdote from back in 2016. Uh, he was on the trade block back then, uh, and there were rumors that he was going to be dealt for Andre Drummond. And Masai Ujiri went to him directly after the trade deadline had passed and told him, don't worry, we didn't trade you. You're better than that guy. So looking at uh, looking at the contract situation now where, where JV is set to get that $18 million, you're seeing Drummond getting $25 million annually on average. Uh, and guys who are pretty comparable, I would say that he sees himself as just as good, uh, just as productive. He, he could be in the minutes if he was given the minutes, just as good as guys like Stephen Adams, maybe Al Horford, who is obviously the better player. But JV, you know, he himself is so confident he would tell you otherwise. These guys are getting upwards of $25, $28 million a year. So, first of all, I think – Sayujiri dealt JV with some sort of sense that he may opt out this summer. And Toronto is in no position to, uh, they would have been in no position to, uh, to retain him. So they dealt him with that sort of inkling that he might opt out. So really, if Memphis, if you were to opt out and Memphis wanted to re-sign him, first of all, I think he does fit their timeline pretty good just because of how few minutes he's played over the course of his career. Um, and like you said, with Darren Jackson Jr. coming up, he wouldn't be the focus so much uh, of the team's offense, so he wouldn't be playing 35 minutes a night and grinding away uh, for, uh, for the team. No, that's exactly right. And I think that one of the interesting things, obviously, Mark Gasol also has a player option going into his next year of the season. Uh, his final year of his contract is a player option. But Mark, to me, if he, it's different career trajectories. If Mark sees Kawhi staying and he sees Toronto as a valuable or a viable option for winning a championship, I think Mark opts in and stays around if Kawhi stays around. If Kawhi Leonard leaves, and obviously that would have to kind of happen before Mark has to make a decision on his option, then I think he's gone and he tries to go ring chasing. So Valanchunas is looking for a payday, whereas Mark has already had that payday. He might be at the stage in his career where he's trying to win a championship. 
it's interesting to kind of see how it's going to play out. I, I'm more surprised by the Valanchunas performance, not in terms of his skill, but in terms of the fact, again, he's coming off of injury. He's obviously not in shape. I think the Steven Adams comp is a good one. Adams, obviously a little bit younger than Valanchunas, but I think their style of play, the way that they are, Adams is a bit of a better defender, but I'd argue that Valanchunas is a little bit better offensively, especially as that elbow passer, as you mentioned. So that's a good comp. If that's the market, 24, 25 million, I don't know that Memphis matches that. I think they probably would pass. But at the same time, I'm not saying Valanchunas isn't worth that, depending on the team that's looking for a player in free agency. You're listening to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Molinax. I am chatting with Joel Stevens. He is a writer for Raptors HQ and Raptors Rapture. Make sure you are following him on Twitter if you do not already do so. He's a good follow. Lots of good Raptors information. Follow him at underscore Joel Stevens underscore. Now, obviously, there's other pieces that came to Memphis from Toronto, not just Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, DeLon Wright is a player that I've always liked. I like his size. I like his ability to get to the rim. I think that he's young-ish in terms of, you know, he's turning 27 soon. But, again, he kind of fits that window of Jaron. You know, you're not going to acquire a bunch of guys that are 20 years old and put them next to 20-year-old Jaron Jackson Jr., I think that's unrealistic. So if you have to have a younger player, obviously Mark, six years, seven years older than the guys that they brought back, aside from C.J. Miles, DeLon Wright is a good young player, good combo guard. He can play the two, play the one. His shooting is inconsistent. I'd like to see that get a little bit more solid. But he can get to the basket again. He can facilitate, create off the dribble. Memphis doesn't have a ton of guys that can do that. So it's nice to see him be able to take the pressure off Mike Conley and others. What are your impressions of DeLon Wright? I think from reading posts on uh, Raptors Rapture and Raptors HQ and then also just perusing Raptors Twitter, it seems like fans were sad to see him go, but they understood that he had to go and there was a ton of depth there. So it didn't necessarily hurt Toronto in the long run with their goals of a championship this year. Yeah, it's absolutely a disappointment to, uh, to see him go. He was uh, the type of player we were just waiting for to have his breakout season now. Um, like you mentioned, he's all he's turning 27, so he's he's a little bit on the older side. But that also means, if you're looking at it in a positive light, he doesn't have those weaknesses that a younger player would have to fix uh, getting traded to a new team. He uh, he knows what he can do. He does it well. Uh, he's like you mentioned, he doesn't shoot as well as he probably could. But uh, on the season, he was shooting 33% for the Raptors, and that has improved uh, throughout his career as the numbers, uh, as the, uh, the, the volume has gone up. So he's becoming a better scorer, I should say. Instead of a shooter, he's becoming, he's becoming a bit of a better scorer. Uh, and he knows he, has, he now has uh, that experience passing the ball, running the offense, allowing guys like Kyle Lowry, or in your case, um, Mike Conley, to play off the ball more and really utilize their strengths, which are uh, shooting. Last time I checked, Mike Conley was shooting 35%. That could go up a bit now that he's uh, able to, you know, do a catch and shoot uh, with uh, DeLon Wright running the offense. Um, he's really, he's really a hot and cold guard. What you'll see uh, on the defensive end on a consistent basis is uh, ball pressure. He likes to uh, jump the passing lanes. Uh noticed yesterday's game he had a uh he drew a charge and he had a nice block. 
Uh, so he makes smart plays on defense. So that's what you'll get consistently from him. Offensively, it could be a mixed bag. I won't, I won't sugarcoat it for you. Um, you know, it could be a wild night where he's throwing up circus shots, or it could be one of those days where he's he's knocking down triples. Uh, it really all depends on his uh, his ability to absorb contact, which right now he just doesn't seem to want to do. And that's one of the biggest knocks on him from from his Toronto days. Uh, he avoids contact at all costs, and that's hurt him not only offensively, but in his confidence as well. And that makes sense. Just from watching him in the limited opportunities that I've had in Grizzlies Blue, he, he really does seem to not like the physicality. As much as Valanciunas thrives on it, especially with his screen setting, uh, Wright is not as interested. And that's something that you have to develop. You have to be able to get to the, foul, the free throw line. You know, people can hate on James Harden all they want, but it, it's an effective style of play. And it's one of the things that makes him great as an offensive weapon is that ability to draw fouls, get to the line. And Harden obviously has made it a master class in that he doesn't even necessarily get fouled really hard a, a good chunk of the time. He still just draws contact and gets to the charity stripe. You know, Wright really needs to kind of embrace that. I think that's a layer in his game. And he's a bigger guard. It's not like he's undersized. I don't necessarily see uh, why it would be such a problem for him to add that layer to his game if he was committed to doing so. Maybe he's just not committed to doing so. We're finishing up here with our great guest, our final guest on the last live edition of GBB Live, Joel Stevens of Raptors HQ and Raptors Rapture. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. If you don't already do so, at underscore Joel Stevens underscore uh, lots of great Raptors content if you want to keep up with Mark uh, as he goes for hopefully an NBA Finals appearance and maybe even a championship. Uh, Joel's a good guy to follow along with. I'll get you out of here on this. I appreciate your time. You look at the way that the Grizzlies did the deal, and they move on from Marcus Gasol, and they take on these pieces back. And obviously it's two franchises in two totally different directions. You've got the Raptors who are competing for championships, and hope to keep one of the top five players in the NBA and Kawhi Leonard around. And then on the flip side, you've got a player like, excuse me, you got a player like Jonas Valanciunas, who's in a place mentally that he's trying to earn money. And you've got CJ Miles who's trying to prove he's still a, a player in the league financially. Same thing with DeLon Wright, trying to max out his restricted free agency value it's just so fascinating to look at the return that the Grizzlies got for Gasol, knowing that there's no, you know, maybe the 2024 second round pick winds up being something because it's very possible Toronto's not good anymore five years from now. Uh, but at the same time, that's throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing if it sticks. Nobody really knows where anybody's going to be uh, five years from now in terms of these franchises. When you look at Gasol, what are your expectations for him? Because again, Wright had value, as we just discussed, to the Raptors. Valanciunas certainly had value to Toronto. C.J. Miles was maybe the least valuable of the three, but when he is focused and when he is able to, to knock down the shots that he's capable of doing, he has value as a rotation player. So Toronto, who has a ton of depth, of course, gives up three potentially, two definitely, rotation cogs for Marc Gasol, what do Raptors fans expect from Mark going into this final stretch? Well, we expect as much as 
we expect from Kawhi and Danny Green, basically. This was uh, an all-in season right from the jump. Uh, as soon as DeMar got traded, we knew it was time uh, that, you know, the uh, the organization was taking this this ship in the direction that uh, that really it, sh- it should be. It should have been on the last five years, which it was, but it just never got it done. So we expect uh, we expect a lot from from uh, the three of those guys. They're they're all three all three are uh, expiring, and I'd say Marcus Saul is just another captain to join Kawhi Leonard. Danny Green, Kyle Lowry—they're all, all three, uh, all four of them now. Um, they're captains. They're veterans. They, they've been through the grind. They know what the deal is and how to get it done. And uh, you know, as far as starting goes, I know that's been a question for Toronto fans. Um, I think he's good as long as he's playing minutes. As long as he's able to, to play minutes, it doesn't matter who starts, it matters who finishes, all that cliche. Uh, and it's, it's, honest, it's honestly got truth. He's already affected the team in so many ways. Uh, just in the last three games, of course, small sample size theater here. We're looking at, uh, you know, a drastic increase in team assists. Uh, assist percentage has gone up 13%. The base has gone up. Uh, opponent points to paint, those are down, five points. Second chance points are down. We Ultimately, we're getting that, and you know this, uh, just a calming presence for some young guys, which, of course, Toronto is still made up of half its roster is still young guys. So if he's able to play with the starters, that gives us a very deadly lineup in, in the East, probably one of the best. If he comes off the bench, he's a captain. He's the captain of the young guys, and he's that he's that guy that's able to pull everyone in after a whistle, blow everyone down, kind of say, you know, here's what's going on. Uh, I noticed that yesterday, especially. Um, I believe it was a it was when the Raptors went zone and Jeremy Lin was on the floor, who just signed with the Raptors. So this is his first game after the signing. Two hours. He pulls Lynn up, says, this is what we're doing, literally directs him on the floor as they're playing defense in the middle of the play. So that's the type of stuff that we're just delighted to see in Toronto and hope to see in the playoffs. Uh, and as the question is, expect to see in the playoffs. Those expectations, I think, are fair. I think you're going to see an inspired Marcus All. He's excited to be on a team that's actively – in the championship hunt, the Grizzlies, you know, just a few years ago, uh, believed they were in that conversation and made a Western Conference Finals themselves. So enjoy it. It, it can be fleeting. And as you mentioned, you know, especially Gasol and, and Leonard, they're both player option type of players. Uh, they both could be gone and, and you're looking down the barrel of a rebuild. But like you said, it's an embarrassment of riches up there. It wouldn't even necessarily be a rebuild because you have so many young, talented players that uh, can also kind of help things along. So the Raptors are in a much better spot than the Grizzlies. You can enjoy that and, uh, and hopefully look down on the Grizzlies uh, and feel for us a little bit um, as we struggle through these next few years. The future is bright in Toronto. Joel Stevens, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. It's much appreciated. We'll catch up with you down the road. All right. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, 
it was my pleasure to be on the final episode of Block Talk Radio. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you, Joel. Much appreciated. Joel Stevens heading on out. Raptors HQ, Raptors Rapture. Make sure you're following him on Twitter if you don't already do so, at underscore Joel Stevens underscore. As Joel mentioned, this is the final episode on Blog Talk Radio for Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I'd like to thank my terrific guests tonight, Jonathan Marshall of Fox 13 in Memphis, Joel Stevens of Raptors HQ and Raptors Rapture, or excuse me, Raptors Rapture. Thanks to you for listening. However you're taking in the podcast, I want to reiterate what I said at the beginning of the show. This is not the end of GB Live. This is not the end of Joe Molinax, the blogger, site manager of GBB. I'm sticking around. All this is is an adjustment and a change in terms of where you can get GBB Live. We are going to the SB Nation Podcast Network, so going back home, so to speak, uh, as SB Nation invests in podcasts. They've asked for us and the Core 4 Podcast with Parker Fleming and Nathan Chester to come over first, and then we'll expand our network from there over at grizzlybearblues.com. So we're starting up our own little podcast chain. It's going to be great. GBB Live will be the first to debut on that network, likely next week heading in to the uh, second half, quote-unquote. Obviously, they've played more than half the games. But the second half of the season after the All-Star break, we hope to have our first episode uploaded for everyone to listen to. Obviously, the major change, aside from not being on Blog Talk Radio anymore, is this no longer being a live podcast. So we'll be, like most other podcasts, traditionally, they just come into your feed, you listen when they're there. Makes it a little bit more flexible for scheduling, makes it a lot more flexible for scheduling guests, which I'm excited about. It's a great opportunity for us as we expand over at grizzlybearblues.com. So thank you so much to Seth Pollock over at SB Nation. Thank you so much to John Gennaro, the executive producer of Team Brand Podcast, who we've been working with and will continue to work with as we start out on this new journey. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio, who, uh, again, for five years has been a good host to us, has helped a good bit in terms of the technology side of things, all of that. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks to all the guests, all the wonderful listeners who make us at GBB Live and, of course, on a grander scale, grizzlybearblues.com, a part of their Memphis Grizzlies fan experience. It is appreciated more than you will ever know. Make sure you're checking with grizzlybearblues.com as we set up our next podcast, our debut over on the SB Nation Network. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at GBB Live. GBB Live. That's another place where you can see that information. Of course, at SBN Grizzlies will have it. You can follow me at Joe Mullinax. It's an exciting time. It's going to be a great first episode on the new network. I truly appreciate everything that Blog Talk has done for us. It's been a great run, but it's time for a change, and it's going to be a great one, most importantly, for our listeners and folks who check out grizzlybearblues.com. So for Jonathan, for Joel, thank you so much again. I am your host, Joe Molinax, for the final time, signing off on Blog Talk Radio. Catch you on SB Nation Podcast Network. Remember, your subscriptions and all that stuff should carry over. There will be more details to come over at grizzlybearblues.com. Again, signing off from Blog Talk, this is Joe Molinax, and this has been Grizzly Bear Blues Live. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. 
Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. from dad <clears throat> all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive can i take these off all right what is this this looks good wow that's well made where did you get this i'm talking to you with the hair yeah where did you get this it's good stuff that's solid that's not veneer that's solid stuff progressive can't save you from becoming your parents but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers discounts not available in all states or situations we all need the right tools for success. A painter needs their perfect brushes, and a climber needs to be able to rely on their harness. And for your work, you need to stay connected. With Slack, teams can help you work better. Slack is a productivity platform that connects all your team members together instantly. It's built to help your team with a host of features like huddles for quick check-ins and clips for recording and sharing video. Slack also makes it easy to search and find the right information you need. You can even integrate the apps you use in your normal workflow, like your calendar or product management tools, so you stay focused on the work that matters and get more done. Learn more at slack.com slash productivity.